chapter 13, <clears throat> John chapter 13, and uh, we'll get to John 13 in just a, a few minutes. Um, I wasn't really, I, I really was seriously considering letting our guest missionary speak tonight because I'm feeling lousy and been feeling lousy ever since Sunday, late Sunday evening, and um, <clears throat> I'll get through it, but I, uh, I'm wearing glasses. When you see me wear glasses, that means I'm not feeling good. <laughs> And then about an hour ago, my glasses fell apart, and so I super glued them, and they're on my desk, and I found this old pair in my drawer of my desk. So everybody's blurry, but at least I can tell who you are. I know who you are, but you don't, you don't look as good as you normally do. And I got, I got cough drop in my mouth, <clears throat> and I'm drinking water, and I'm slobbering everywhere, but I'm just whining because I know I'm not the only one. If someone said it's the Livingstons' fault, I think that's a good thing. I think we should blame the Livingstons. No, listen, seriously, when it comes to sickness and colds, I don't, I don't worry about stuff like that because you're going to get it somewhere, right? Unless you're a hermit, you're going to get it from somebody. So, you know, I mean, it's just what it is. And so I hope you're not offended that I'm here tonight um, because, you know, let me come on. This is just the way it is. But anyhow, uh, apologize for the slurping and, and sneezing or whatever you might hear tonight. Um, <clears throat> we've been talking on Wednesday nights about false religion, about error, about things that are not right and things that are attack. And we need to be aware. Uh, the Bible tells us that in the last days, um, there would be uh, these types of things. Perilous times would come and uh, there would be, you know, even in their day in 2000 years ago, wolves and sheep's clothing, things like that. And um, just a, a slide away from truth. And last week I was showing you the difference between Bible versions and, and how that now even the modern versions are saying the same thing that the New World Translation says, which is the Jehovah's Witness Bible, which isn't even, you know, that's not even, that's a cult. And, and yet it's, it says the same thing as the NIV and the ESV in some places and, and, and others. And so we went through that last week. If you weren't here, you can watch that. It's been recorded. And, um, and, and yet what what we need to understand is, is that this doesn't seem like a big deal maybe to people, but what's happened is, is that we don't have, we don't have an anchor anymore as, as Christian people. And I'm not talking about necessarily ourselves, but the church in general doesn't have an anchor. What was the anchor? The word of God. We sang how firm a foundation. We sang the Bible stands and that is to be our anchor. Well, it, once upon a time, Everybody used the same Bible in America. Once upon a time, from the time of, of the 1700s, and especially the founding of this country, the word of God was just the King James Bible. I know there were some Geneva Bible users, but they faded off, and in it, 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 even today it's not taken over. But the King James was the word of God. And um, so what's happened is, is that <clears throat> over time, uh, these new versions have taught us something and here's what they've taught us as long as it says something close it's okay and and then pretty soon it's just kind of well in your own and, and and so then you have these bible studies where everybody has their own version and everyone gives their own version of what they think it means and all this sort of thing and it, and pretty soon it becomes well what do you think it means what how did and and so pretty soon it turns into what it says in the book of Judges. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Because the Bible isn't the final authority because nobody even knows for sure which 
verse is the authority verse. Now, unless you go to a, a church like, like ours, you're probably going to end up at a church where there are multiple versions in the, in the room. And even night, tonight we could have people that have different versions, or Sunday we have people with different versions. But, but on average, it's, it's the norm for churches because if you don't have a standard you don't then everybody does what is right in their own eyes and and imagine going to school and having history class or math class or science class and everybody brings their favorite textbook how do you work that that doesn't work and so what's happened is is they they just the pastor or the preacher or whoever just puts it up on a screen because he knows that not everybody's going to be able to follow along anyway so a lot of people don't even carry a bible to church anymore and, um, and so they just plastered on the screen and whatever it says, and, and uh, pretty soon it's just whatever he said. Well, you know, five, 600 years ago, that's kind of how it was in, in Europe. Whatever the priest said was what they believed. And, and so we're going back there, right? We're, go, we're going back to that. So anyway, um, what happened to me this week is <clears throat> something happened that, that I thought, man, I, I, this, this goes with what we've been doing on Wednesday night. So I want to talk about Super Bowl Sunday, all right, and just talk about Super Bowl Sunday, and 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 just just to to uh, catch you up on what you are missing since you go to this old-fashioned Bible-believing Baptist church. I just want to show you some of the things that you're missing. So um, I'm going to ask Sam to play this, and uh, we'll go from there. Patterson back with the kick. You know well, hey, folks, time to meet our players. Let's head down to the field for today's starting lineups. The myth, the legend. This is the past. Brian No, we'll just call it when it lands. Call it in the air. Tails. What I'll be kicking. It. Uh, yeah, pastor. let's just go with tails. Would you like to kick pastor. or receive the Bible? I will receive. Tom wins the toss, chooses to receive the Bible. Patterson back with the kick. Oh my goodness! Is that a touchback? Can you even get a touchback? First time in 18 years. Another church had a guy swinging across the wrecking ball type like a referee. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. All right. <clears throat> yes, that was, the, that was the platform of the church. And they turned it into a football field. And then they kicked the Bible. They kicked the Bible. 
I mean, now I realize that's that's you know a little bit out there, but you know what? That's forty thousand people that go there in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and that pastor and the female pastor. She's the one that won the coin toss and kicked the Bible. Um, there was a quick snippet of a referee swinging across the Miley Cyrus type, I guess they call it, wrecking ball performance. There was another church where they sang Garth Brooks' song, I've Got Friends in Low Places. I mean, they sang all those words about the whiskey and the beer and everything. There's just, I, I don't understand. I don't care if you want to do that. I just don't understand why you're calling it church. You know what I mean? I mean, you're nuts anyway, but if you want to be weird, be weird. But the church has turned into a circus. Now, that's not church. All right? Those people think they're going to church, but they're not. Um, and and that's certainly extreme. And I'm not sure that that kind of craziness has hit South Dakota yet, but it's coming. There is a mega church attitude already. And and we'll see it. And it's coming. It's, it's, it's headed our direction. And... Some of you are probably have friends or loved ones or, or you've had experience like that before. I remember years ago, back in the 80s, when I was still just a maybe 12, 13-year-old, uh, I was with my parents, my sister. We were in um, Independence, Missouri. We were visiting our relatives, and uh, we had to stay over for the weekend, and so we were with our relatives, and, and my uh, one relative was a... Christian and but they were a Pentecostal and uh, they said hey why don't you come to church with us and you know in the living room everything sounded like well okay but we weren't I was just a kid my dad wasn't real sure what was going on and we went and it wasn't anything like that but it was crazy enough and it was like a rock band and it was like loud and it was like swaying and it was like typical Pentecostal charismatic and my dad did something that that was embarrassing you know what he did he said hey let's go (laughs) and we walked out and went home and then we had to wait for the relatives to come home and that was awkward because we're staying with them right but he just said we gotta go and you know what I'm glad he did that for my sake he did that for my sake I needed that and, and I'm glad that he did that because that was necessary. So there's, here's, uh, here's the, some pictures of the same group. And I have no idea what's going on here, but that's the pulpit with a, you know, it looks like a Super Bowl trophy and a football. And, uh, you know, I don't know what, but that's the pastor. And, and um, that's number 87. That's, that's that goofball that's fornicating with Ty- Taylor Swift right now. And uh, that's 87 from the Chiefs. Uh, what's his name? Kelsey. And, and, and let me just stop and say this about, about Kelsey and, and Swift. They're getting pushed all over right now. And, um, and I, don't think that, I don't think that Tim Tebow is the greatest Christian I've ever seen. But they wouldn't let him put Bible verse things on his little eye thing there, his little eye black darkening under the eyes. They ridiculed him. They didn't want him doing anything. But you can be Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey and do all kinds of stuff and even get in your coach's face and scream at him. 
But I think it has to do with the fact that they are wicked and they endorse Pfizer vaccines and Joe Biden. So that might have something to do with it. And, oh, by the way, if I was that pastor, I'd never wear number 87 anywhere, let alone in church. And there she is kicking, kicking the Bible. So I heard that and I thought, you got to be kidding. But no, it's, it really happened. It happened on Sunday. Now, during the Super Bowl, there was a commercial that came out. And I've seen this before, not this one, because I was, I was here at church like most of you. I was at church. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I didn't even have TV. But um, about six weeks ago, I was with my parents, and it was Monday, January 1st in the evening, and we were watching the college playoffs. And while we were watching the game, the commercials would come on. We'd always just mute them and talk. Well, then this one came on. He gets us. And I've seen it before, like a year ago or so. And it's supposedly Christian people that are trying to promote Jesus. But I was so disappointed with what I saw last year that when I saw this six weeks ago during the college playoffs, I was like, oh, you guys are doing this again? Ugh. And it's just, it's like... Jesus was a radical, Jesus was a rebel, Jesus was all this stuff, and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and it's just like, it's, it's, it's an imagination of what people have of Jesus. And, and maybe they mean well. Maybe they have good intentions, but it's really kind of lousy. In fact, it's more than just lousy. What it turned out to be this Sunday was blasphemy, uh, in my opinion. But um, anyhow, um, I'm going to ask Sam to... Um, switch that over to a video and I'm going to show the, the, the one minute, the one minute commercial that they played. I'm going to show it without the sound because the music has nothing to do with God. It's just some singer singing some, and it's not appropriate to play in church. It's not really appropriate to listen to anyway, anywhere, but I'm just going to show this, this video, one minute commercial that was supported and played. So We'll just, so here's this man getting his foot washed. Here's an officer washing a black man's feet in the dark alley. Here's this woman washing this woman with red ha colored hair. You say, well, that, you know, what was that? Well, let's look at John chapter 13. Let's go there and we'll talk about this for a little bit and then we'll keep going. John chapter 13. It's a story of Jesus and he's going to be crucified soon and he's with his disciples. Uh, he's going to have Passover feast with them. He's going to have, then he's going to have the communion after the Passover. And in John chapter 13, it says in verse 5, 
Verse 4, he arises from supper, the, the Passover, and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. And so Jesus was saying, You're cleansed inwardly as through salvation. But I'm washing your feet just as a hospitality thing, as a as a sign of outward love. And we talked about the labor and the, and the tabernacle on Sunday night. And so you see from verse 10, uh, if you're saved, uh, you just need to get your feet washed. Uh, you're clean every whit, but, and you are clean. And then he says, but not all, because you know who was still in the room. Judas was still in the room. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was sat down again, he said to them, know you not, know you what I have done unto you? And you call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. Now, first of all, what I want to talk to you about for just a few moments, and um, where did I put that thing? There it is. Um, Concerning this commercial and concerning this group called He Gets Us and the millions of dollars that they spend on their on their promotions, um, this is kind of a funny thing. And so I I actually posted it on social media with something next to it: Jesus agreeing to a twenty million dollar Super Bowl ad about feet. You say, well, Pastor, aren't they talking about this passage here? They're trying to, yes. But if I'm an unsaved couch potato. And I watch a, watch a commercial where a bunch of people are getting their feet washed and it's something to do with Jesus. I'm thinking, what was that all about? What, what was that? And I've heard between $14 million and $20 million is what they paid for that. I'm not very artistic, but I could give you a better message for a lot less money. And there's not one Bible verse in that commercial. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every commercial that we can produce. No. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus use when he fought the devil? Millions of dollars? He used the word. If I had a minute in front of 100 million people, I would want them to understand what the Bible says. And so, once again, I was frustrated when I saw that this is what they had played. Now, someone pointed out that here's this man getting his feet washed by this officer. And some smart aleck said, and I didn't repost it because I'm not trying to stir up controversy, but someone said, how come the BLM, the BLM man wasn't washing the officer's feet? This one is 
touches your heart. It's a young woman who's probably pregnant and she's getting her feet washed in front of a family planning clinic. And, and I'm not saying that that's a terrible picture. But I happen to know people who are Christians like you and I and, and are Bible-believing Christians. And they go to abortion clinics and they are not ugly to people. They, they have their placards and they try as much as they can to discourage mothers from going in. But washing their feet, what does that do? They've actually stopped some mothers and got them to think about some things and to go home and to think about some things. Now, before I keep going, let me stop here. Jesus did this. Who did Jesus wash feet for? The disciples, his church. You say Judas was there. Yeah, Judas was the treasurer. And, and, and what we should learn from that is, is that he said, do one to another. See, it's hard enough just to go to church with a bunch of imperfect people. But Jesus never washed the feet of the Pharisees. Jesus never washed the feet of a gay person. Jesus never washed the feet of a centurion soldier. The message is very politically correct, but it's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible's teaching a local church concept here. We wash one another's feet. Now, we don't do it anymore because we live in this day and age, but the idea was you get dusty, you get dirty, and how do we take care of one another? We stop and we wash feet. And I've actually been in a service where they were actually washing feet. The point is, though, is that the message is not for the world. It's for the Christian to wash one another's feet. The message is not supposed to be, you officers need to wash those Black Lives Matter feet. And you Christians need to wash those people are going to have an abortion. You can if you want to. But that was not the message of Jesus. Someone said, how come they don't have a picture of someone washing, a liberal washing the feet of someone with a red hat on that says M-A-G-A? See, in John chapter 13, the context is local church. And here's something that people don't understand anymore because nobody knows the Bible anymore. The word church means assembly. And and if you're going to Patriot Academy, I disagree with the idea that ecclesia is everybody out there. That's universal church. We we don't have universal, because you can't have universal assembly. So you can't practice church just out in the world you practice your salvation and your Christianity and the word of God out in the world but you when you assemble that's when you're having church that's what I love about the first amendment it's a freedom to do it and so this context was you as an assembly and even if you've got a Judas among you you still wash feet and Jesus did that and and listen sometimes in church there are people we don't like or rub us the wrong way or not treating us right And there's an example Jesus gave. Jesus knew Peter was going to deny him in a few hours, and he washed Peter's feet. I mean, Jesus was a great example here. And and I'm not saying that they, they, they totally missed that part about Jesus. But again, you've got one minute, and what you chose was woke. That's what you chose. 
here's what the real context is. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written in Isaiah 52, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You're washing feet because those people are preaching the gospel. It says in Ephesians 6, our feet shod with the preparation. It's about Christians. You're washing Christians' feet. Now, I'm not saying that you can never wash someone who isn't a Christian's feet. But again, they got one minute and they didn't even get it right. Virtue signaling. This is virtue signaling. Expressing opinions that are designed to align with a certain politically correct or socially acceptable cause. It claims some sort of agreed upon moral high ground with the attending feeling of moral superiority. In other words, good works for a social justice climate. The church of the social gospel is also not immune for, from virtue signaling in its efforts to mimic the world's causes and bring the culture into the church to appear to be more appealing to the lost and please men instead of God. That's what they're doing. Hey, we're like you. And, and Jesus did, and, 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 and by the way, Jesus did preach hate. The Bible says if you love the Lord, hate evil. The Bible says if a man doesn't hate his own father and mother, in other words, if you, if you choose your family over me, that's hating me. But you might have to choose me over your family and that's going to look like hate to them. And so virtue signaling is the new thing. We've got to look relevant. We've got to look cool. We've got, we've got to look like we get it. Now, again, all these political issues, they have, they have their their time and place. But if we would just get back to the Bible, we'd fix those things. Then there's woke Christianity. The woke church is one that is said to be conscious of certain injustices of society. The liberal churches then will use what they consider to be this essential worldview and proceed from the premise that their priority is to work for worldly justice for oppressed people groups which includes acceptance of lifestyles that the Bible calls sinful. Interestingly, woke churches usually do not see the killing of babies through abortion as a social injustice. The church that is truly biblically awake, however, will prioritize the household with faith over ethnicity. Because Galatians 3.28 says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. They'll seek to prioritize that and call out sinful behaviors and lifestyles and prioritize the spreading of the gospel to all people. Paul said, and I baptize also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptize any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. By the way, that clearly shows that the Bible says that God, the gospel is not baptism. 
Salvation is not baptism. My job is to preach the gospel, Paul said. That's my main job. Baptism, that's secondary. And, and I think what was happening is people were, I got baptized by the apostle Paul, you know. He said, that my job is to preach the gospel. Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. We have to preach the cross. We have to proclaim what the cross is all about and why there was a cross and why Christ had to die on the cross. In, in the website, he gets us. It says, he gets us is an initiative of something called Come Near Incorporated, a nonprofit organization committed to sharing the life and love of Jesus that believes Jesus was human and divine, he rose from the dead, and more. No matter who you are and what you believe, we're glad you're here. You know, they, they missed a part. They missed how he died and why he died. But see, that part's offensive. That, that, part, that part is too gospel-y. See, the Bible told us there would be another Jesus and another gospel, okay? Yeah. For he that cometh preacheth any other Jesus and whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit or another gospel, verse 13 of 2 Corinthians 11, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. We need to recognize, and it goes on to talk about how that Satan can look like a minister of righteousness. Someone on Twitter pointed out that some of those pictures that were in that commercial, for, inst for instance, critical race theory, activist Jesus, false religious ecumenical Jesus, earth worship environmentalist Jesus, and homosexual sin affirming Jesus. Four of those pictures were pushing that. I don't know if you noticed the pictures or not, but we'll go through them again. That's critical race theory, Jesus. This is black against white, and, 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 it's all, and listen, is there a problem in our world with all this? Yes, there is. But, but Jesus did something to solve it, and it wasn't washing their feet. It was dying on the cross. Then this one, this lady obviously is probably a different religion. Again, it's, it's not that we shouldn't ever be nice to these people, but this isn't, this isn't the gospel. Even if you wash that lady's feet, she's not going to heaven for it. It's ecumenical. This is oil pumps. And the sign here says, clean air now. This is the environmental Jesus. All right? And then this one, this one is the gay affirming Jesus. The guy's got a backwards collar, cross necklace, and there's roller skates off to the side that's not in the picture. And he's got smooth shaved legs and he's obviously a homo. That's the homo affirming Jesus. It should go without saying that the quote unquote gospel that the quote unquote Jesus here is preparing the feet of the world to preach is an antichrist counterfeit and a blatantly arrogant and mocking one at that. Good, good observation. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw no one but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? This is John chapter 8. They brought this woman caught in the very act of adultery. 
And of course, Jesus, I think, exposed their hypocrisy. And they walked away. She said, no man, Lord. And by the way, the law stated that she deserved to die if she was guilty of adultery, although you have to wonder where was the other party since she was caught in the very act. <clears throat> she said, no man, Lord. And he said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Wow, that is the mercy of God. That is the grace of God. And then he said, go and sin no more. The world notices the first part. Neither do I condemn thee. But then he said, no more. Speaking of washing feet, I know where there's places place in the Bible where someone, a, a sinful woman came and washed his feet. I mean, that's, who, that's really who deserves to have his feet washed. And why would we wash his feet? Because he's forgiven me. And he is Lord and I am nothing. And she even used her hair to wipe and it was probably grimy and muddy from what he was walking in. That's the kind of foot washing that we should be talking about. See, if the world understood how much Jesus means to them, if they understood that they are on their way to hell and that Jesus Christ is the only answer, they might understand why washing his feet was important. This is from the website hegetsus.com. This is an article that someone found. In the blue, I'm going to read, our work represents the input from Christians who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. As well as many others who, though not Christians, share a deep admiration for the man that Jesus was. And we are deeply inspired and curious to explore his story. You have people that are Christians working with people who are not Christians, but they appreciate who Jesus was. That's, that's ecumenical right there. And, and here's the thing. This is what it's all about. It's all about focusing on the humanity of Jesus. That's the big thing now. It's all about focusing on, on the good human that Jesus was. Well, of course he was. He was perfect. But what makes him special is not how good of a human he was. It's the fact that he is, was, and always will be God. Anti, the word or the prefix anti, it, the word anti comes from the prefix anti, which means against or opposite, and is still used in English words such as antibodies and antihero. As a word on its own, anti is an adjective or a preposition describing a person or a thing that is against someone or something else. So it means against or opposite. But in the Bible, when you see it used in the Bible, it also means not only against or opposite, but also means in place of or instead of. Satan is not going to fool a lot of people by trying to get them to worship him as Satan. But if he can conjure up another Jesus, there's someone here that used to be Mormon. That's a different Jesus. But it's not just the Mormons who have a different Jesus. Who is called the word? Jesus. So when your church no longer has the word, 
They no longer respect the word. They no longer even know which word is the word. It isn't long before they don't even know who the word is. Some other pastor said, he created us. He loves us. He redeemed us. He transforms us. He heals us. He calls us. He equips us. He empowers us. Just a few things the Bible teaches that Jesus actually does. So why spend $14 million to confuse an unbelieving world about who Jesus really is? I mean, if I'm an unsaved couch potato, I'm sitting there going, okay. What, 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 did, it, what, what did it do for me? At best, it might, it might promote, provoke me to be nicer to my fellow man. Will I go to heaven for that? But I can't help but think that the commercial wasn't really aimed at the unsaved couch potato. I, I can't help but think that the commercial was really aimed at you and me to be more like, more woke. That's who I, I think they spent the 14 million to try to get you and I to look bad. And the abortionist guy that stand up, Kevin Myers and people like that, hey, God loves you, don't do this to your baby. Oh, he's a radical nut. Kevin has never been unkind to anybody, if you know him. He should be washing their feet. Well, maybe he'll do that too, but he's also going to tell them that they need to get saved and they're sinning and they're doing wrong. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 27 verse 6 Faithful are the wounds of a friend but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful I read that a lot as a teenager because I read Proverbs a lot and what it's saying is your friends will hurt you sometimes because you need it. Pastor Matt's always offending me. I'm going where he never offends me. You might want to read Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6. Believe it or not, I don't wake up every morning going, I hope I can make Jeff mad today. Joey looks like he's too happy right now. I think I'll just preach a sermon on Joey. And yet some people, some, he preached, right? Maybe, maybe it felt like that. But it, it wasn't because I hate. And I grew up in a Christian home, not perfect, but a Bible-believing Christian home. And I got wounded. I got wounded. I got wounded by my friend. My mom and dad. We went into a Christian school and dad basically said, you get in trouble at school, you get in trouble at home. I never once saw my dad march me in, what's this about my kid getting picked on? And chewing out the teacher or the principal. Never once. I remember one time I came, he came home from work and said, I heard from Mr. Verdigan, who was the principal. That you did this, this, and this. I never thought, second grade, I never thought they talked to each other. <laughs> Boom, I got nailed for it again at home. I got the impression that no matter what I think of Mr. Vertican, he's the boss and my dad's going to back him up. Whoa. 
You talk about enemies. My dad and Mr. Vernikin were my enemy. Until I grew up and realized that they were my friends. And so should we then spend millions of dollars to come up with the most offensive ad we can come up with? No. No. Just like we shouldn't just go around with a paddle beating our kids every day without some balance to all this. So they, the, look, he gets us. They don't even get him. And, and they don't even get this. They don't even understand. They don't realize that not only did they waste their money, but they promoted the wrong thing about the Lord Jesus Christ. You've heard this before if you've gone to church here any length of time. Proverbs 16, 6. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. What causes men to depart from evil? The fear of the Lord. But the first part says, by mercy and truth. I love that because we need both. We got to have both. I mentioned a little ago about trying to get at people, you know, and preach at them and stuff. Sometimes the Holy Spirit of God taps me on the shoulder and says, you're getting wound up about so-and-so, but you just remember something. I died for him on the cross. You didn't. And at the same time, when it's time to tell the truth, we got to tell the truth. But there's a balance. And the beauty of, of God and his word is if you'll, if you'll get honest with the truth, You'll, you'll, be, you'll be amazed at the mercy he'll give you. But no one's going to get honest with the truth if they're given this woke Jesus junk. See, the message needs to be, you might have committed an abortion. You might have been involved with this. You might have done this kind of stuff. You might be whatever, and yet there is mercy when you get honest with God. And not try to make God affirming your sin, but rather call your sin what God calls it. And then watch him get merciful. So also, like yesterday and Monday, <clears throat> on my social media feed, Twitter and Facebook, there, there was this, this was happening. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> I laughed, but I didn't share it. You know why? Because I totally got what they were saying when they posted that. Jesus really did that more than once. But that's, that's the balance going now this way. I mean, I, 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 I appreciate what, you know, I mean, how many sermons have you heard where Jesus made a whip and drove people out of the... He did. <gasps> Some people don't even know that. It says he got angry. <gasps> Yet without sin. He got angry for a righteous cause. They were violating his temple. Someone else posted this one. 
Noah's Ark, a bunch of people drowning. He gets us. Yeah. I mean, you got to appreciate the fact that it's like, you know, there's a lot of Christians out there that were pretty upset with that. And of course, those of us who were in church Sunday, right, we didn't even know the commercial happened, right? But because of the internet, we, we have all these things now. But I wouldn't post that one either by itself because I don't want to send the message that God's just hateful or that he just wants to hurt people. I mean, that doesn't tell you the fact that he warned people for years you could get on board and the boat's big enough for a lot of people. Ten years ago, I wrote an article about Hobby Lobby because ten years ago, Obamacare was getting shoved down Hobby Lobby's throat. And the Green family who owns Hobby Lobby was under the gun, if you remember this. And they were, they were being mandated to pay for uh, abortions and, and pills that were abortion pills for any employee that wanted it. And it was just a trial test is what it was. If they could get Hobby Lobby to break, then they could just break everybody. And the Greens stood and fought, if you remember, and I think probably spent a lot of money fighting it. And as an American, boom, I am for anybody. You don't even have to be Hobby Lobby. Even if you're a Mormon, I'd stand up with you as an American and say, can't let the government do that to us. So when, when I did this article, for Hobby Lobby 10 years ago, I think Obama was president, and of course, they, they did win. I then took the article, and I, and I wrote a letter with the article, and I sent it to Hobby Lobby. And I said, Hobby Lobby, I want you to know I am on your side. And I wrote this article for our paper. But when I go into Hobby Lobby, there's this beautiful artwork of this eagle flying and it says Isaiah 40, 31, and it's like, but it's not King James. As a matter of fact, I can't find anything in your store hardly that's King James. And I just wondering if you could just maybe make some of that King James. And, and I never heard back. And I sent that article with it so they would know, I'm not just a critic. So why are you talking about that for? Because the Green family paid for most of the He Gets Us commercials. No, I'm not telling you not to shop at Hobby Lobby because it's still a lot better store than a lot of other places. The Green family is behind the Bible Museum in Washington, D.C., and they have a little sample of it at, at the Ark Encounter, but they don't, they don't understand the Bible. They don't understand the differences between the Bible. Well, in the big picture, look, 14 million, 20 million. That's a frustrating thing. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. There is such a desire, especially when you are a business owner, especially a big business owner, you want to make peace and you want to keep and you want to have good public relations and keep good PR with everybody. You, you don't want to be smeared by the media and they're so cruel and unkind and unfair. We know how it goes. But still, this Bible verse says, when you please who? 
then what happens? He's able to make your enemies to have peace with you, to have peace with your own enemy. Everybody's got enemies. But when you please the Lord, but here's what's happened. When a man's ways please his enemies, we've switched it. To me, that's what the whole thing was about. Let's get woke. Let's show that we're not those old-fashioned fire brimstone. Let's show that we're, that we're social justice warriors. No. No, we can't. When a man's ways pleases enemies, it's good for business. Well, maybe it is for time. But the Bible says I'm supposed to please the Lord. I, as long as, now, <clears throat> it's the way it is for me personally. When I go to bed at night, I have to know that God is not upset with me. That's, that's what I got to know. And I've gone to bed at night knowing there are people who are not happy with me. Anybody else? But here's the thing. God, so-and-so's not happy. So-and-so's not happy. In fact, I'm not sure if my wife's even happy right now. But God, are you happy? Are you pleased? Did I do what you wanted me to do? That's really all that matters. It's really simple. It's hard to do, but it really is a simple formula. You just please God and let the chips fall where they may. That's what we're supposed to do. For our transgressions are multiplied before the Isaiah 59 verse 12 says, our sins are testified against us for our transgressions are with us and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood and judgment is turned away backward and justice standeth afar off for truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. We have lost our way. America used to have a Bible. Now nobody even knows for sure what God said to the point where people are spending millions of dollars making up what he said. Proverbs 23, 23, buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. When you find the truth, don't ever sell it. This should never be for sale. You don't sell out to the truth. I wish somebody with enough money and boldness would understand that there's a whole lot of people out there that want to hear the truth. And when you hear the truth, you know you've heard it. Because you know, usually when you hear the truth, you're hearing it from someone that's going to pay for telling you the truth. And it's fun watching people find the truth because they're like, yeah, we found it. Buy the truth and sell it now. So here's what I posted. I posted the comic, Jesus agreeing to a $20 million Super Bowl ad about feet. Because in, in the world's eyes, that's what it was about. You spent how much money to show us pictures of people washing feet? Oh, that was warm and fuzzy. So I just sarcastically said, too bad he didn't give us a better way, like maybe using a book with his actual words. 
or a clear gospel message or something? I was being sarcastic, sorry. John 3.16, used to be someone would hold up that reference and almost, I always wondered why that guy wasn't in church, but hey, I wish, I miss him. Whoever he was, I miss him. Why? Because it caused people to look. What is John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. Hey, that's negative. You're going to perish without him. Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 3.23. For all have sinned. <gasps> all have sinned. When's the last time you've seen that word on a TV? Sin. All have sinned. The only sin now is the people who say anything bad or do anything bad towards the politically correct. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Romans chapter 10, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. He's the same Lord over all. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then if you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. First Corinthians chapter number six. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Can you imagine posting those two verses on a commercial at the Super Bowl? Most of the people in the Super Bowl are guilty of those things right there. Let alone the people watching on the TV. As a matter of fact, I'd say that just about all of us in here are guilty of at least one of those things. I mean, Jesus said if you look at a woman in lust in your heart, you've committed adultery in your heart. But here's the message. Verse 11. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, not by foot washing, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That's the message. That verse 11 is awesome. Because that verse 11 shows the mercy when you got honest about you being a sinner, you got truthful about yourself, mercy shows up. That's the message that should have been delivered. And so I think my slideshow is done. I'm going to ask Sam to switch it because I'm going to show you one more thing and we'll go home. I don't necessarily say that this particular commercial is exactly how I would have done it. <clears throat> But just since Sunday, a Christian took the same commercial. He, he let the same music play, so I'll, I'll just play it without the music. But he switched the pictures and he switched the words. And I like what he did. 
Had this commercial played, had this been a real commercial on the Super Bowl, I'm not sure they even let it play, but they should. Something, And he said, he said, you all take this and make it however you want to make it. Change it and make it. So this is, this is Christianity. This is the message that people all around the world needed to see. This, this is awesome. All right, let's go ahead and play it. Former witch. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Try that again. Don't want to show you something on YouTube. You ready, Sam? You good? Dawkins, former right-hand man. Former jihadist. Former KKK member. Former drug addict. Former gang leader. Former drag queen and prostitute. Former abortionist. Former transgender. Former porn star. Former New Age guru. Former lesbian activist. Jesus doesn't just get us. He saves us. He transforms us. Notice the verse. So of you. Exactly like it says in the Bible. Such were some of you. See, that's the word of God. I don't know if those were real people and real pictures. You know, Dawkins, you know, you think that might have been real because Dawkins is a real guy. That would have been worth playing. That would have been worth people getting the message that Christ can save and change. That's what people need to see. People don't need to see wokeism. People don't need to see politically correct. People don't need to see Christians compromising. And if I'm a couch potato with any sense in my head, I'm thinking to myself, because there are unsaved couch potatoes who are conservative. So what about those guys that are going, that's Christianity? Right? How many conservatives out there are saying, I know better than that. I ain't going to church. No, we don't need to make up Jesus. We don't need to imagine Jesus. We just need to tell people what he already gave us to tell them. He already gave us a book. He already gave us his word. We just need to know it. Not know stories about him, but actually know it. And give his word, because his word will not fail. And Jesus wasn't afraid of being unpopular. If you read John chapter 6, he fed over 5,000 people. But then he said some hard things, some, some offensive things. And they all left except for his own disciples. He went from 5,000 down to a dozen. Why? Because he wasn't woke. Because he wasn't mega church. He was just truth with mercy. And truth has to know if you're honest before it'll give you mercy. So tonight I just wanted to 
make you all and us, me too, aware that there is another Jesus out there. There is another gospel out there. There is a politically correct, popular Jesus out there. In fact, one of the things that they said on their website is, we just want to make Jesus a cool, relatable guy, the biggest brand in your city. Well, Jesus himself told his disciples, which is you and I, the world's going to hate you. Don't, don't fall for that lie. If, if he's the biggest brand, then you've got the wrong one. That's Satan working. He's not, so especially in these last days. In fact, he said, when I return, will I even find faith on the earth? How many people got on the ark? As in the days of Noah, he said. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for opportunity to discuss, to, to look, to to examine, to see what popular modern Christianity has become. Lord, help us to seriously consider all the people who say they're Christians and, and realize that, are they? What, what it, when they say they, they believe, in, what, what exactly is their faith in? Could they even pick up a Bible and show you how they got saved or why they're saved? Lord, help us to realize that there are people out there who are claiming a false Christ and a false gospel because they've been sold a human Jesus, but they don't understand the Jesus of the Bible. Help us to get serious about this. Help us to realize what's going on. And help us to just get back to what you said. You said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Help us to do that. And help us to never, ever let go of your word. Help us to never think we could possibly do your, your work without your word. So help us to do that, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.